Hello, everyone. This is Aaron Lolito here with you. I am the main editor behind the scenes here at Wild Roof Journal. And I'm excited to introduce a new feature that is part of our issue number five. If you're a previous reader of Wild Roof Journal, you would have seen the interview features that are in each issue. Uh, so far we've had three visual artists and one writer. And these interviews were really one of my favorite parts about putting each issue together. And uh, because of that, I wanted to expand on that uh, in the upcoming issue, starting with this one. So given a few technical upgrades that I've done on my end, and finding a willing participant for this, uh, this new adventure here, and I'll say more about her in a minute, uh, I made the move to an audio format for the interview. Personally speaking, I love listening to interview-based podcasts, so my attempt here is to just copy a little bit about what I like about that format and apply it to my own interests, namely bringing some of the talented and often underappreciated creative people out there to a wider audience maybe even getting into a deeper dive into their work and their approach to the creative process. I'm endlessly fascinated by the ways in which people create their art, their poems, stories, photographs, paintings. If you've read one of the previous issues, you can see there is such an interesting process going on behind the scenes of a finished piece. Often I find that when I ask questions about um, the artist's mindsets or their thought process behind them. Um, there's really a lot going on. Uh, oftentimes, what we don't see has deep roots into the artist's past. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to have a conversation with a photographer named Caroline Russell. Uh, you'll see some of her chlorophyll prints featured here on this website. And if you're interested in seeing more of her work, please visit her website at carolinerussellphotography.com. She is on Instagram as well, at Caroline Russell Art. And while you're on Instagram, you might as well follow us at Wild Roof Journal and uh, keep tabs with uh, the artists and writers that we're featuring uh, from each of our issues that we also post on Instagram. It was really great to learn a bit more about Caroline's background. And oddly enough, it happened to overlap with my own in a couple of ways, uh, namely the intersection of literary and visual arts, which is a concept I've built Wild Roof Journal around. I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation, and I hope to continue these audio features in our future issues. Thanks for reading, and thanks for listening. The first thing I wanted to ask a little bit about is just your start in the art world or your your beginning interest in art and perhaps even uh, maybe a formative experience uh, that you had or you think back to? Sure. So I began, I guess, photography really in high school. Um, I started 
you know, taking this photography class my sophomore year, and we were fortunate enough that we actually had a dark room um, in my in my high school. We actually didn't do any digital work. We just did analog photography, and I mean, right from then, I was I was hooked. Um, I loved kind of learning about the process. Um, I mean, you know, me being born in, I guess, a more digital world, um, the idea of film was really fascinating. And I loved, you know, loading the film on the reels to be developed, um, you know, fiddling around with the enlarger, burning and dodging. And that kind of jump started this whole experimental side of photography that I didn't really knew existed or I didn't really realize how, um, I guess, wide of a field it was. And so when I got to college, I decided to major in studio art with a focus in photography, um, as well as writing. Um, I always call writing my my first love because um, I've been writing since I was like very young, like five, six years old. So I decided to major in writing and in photography. You know, I went to a small liberal arts school and, you know, I they also had a dark room there. So I got to, you know, experiment um, and kind of explore photography more. And um, I decided to continue that outside of college too, and just kind of see, you know, how far can I push photography? You know, what other experimental processes can I stumble upon and perfect? So, um, but it actually really all started with that one class I just happened to take in high school. Nice. Yeah, that's, it's interesting too, because I, I had a, an experience in high school taking a photography class. It didn't catch on, I guess, like it did in, in the, your trajectory, but I always remember that, that photography class in high school. And like you said, the, the whole dark room developing the film and it was uh, just black and white photography. And yeah. I always found that, I was always so glad to have that experience, even though I, I didn't really pursue analog photography really beyond that but yeah there was something to I get the stakes were so high I guess even if even if it was just a high school class that developing yeah. the film and had to be completely dark and you couldn't let any uh light in to ruin it along the way yeah because it's like you know that that's your image you know and you know once you take that one picture on the film and if you overexpose it or if you expose your film it's kind of like that's it which was something completely foreign to me. So I totally agree. You know, the stakes were so high and you wanted everything to be to be just right. But I ended up kind of really liking that aspect of it. Yeah, that's interesting. I know I, I'm, I'm thinking I personally, I do more with digital, either digital photography as a starting point, And I, I use that and in different ways to edit and, and layer things. And I really like that process because you could undo just about anything, as long as you're careful. Yeah. And yeah. so I really, it's, it's, I don't know, like comfort or it's just, I like. It's a nice trying, little safety yeah, net, I feel. I try, <laughs> try 10 different things, you know, I like two of them and I can just do and undo as much as I want. But yeah, just thinking back to that, that idea of, yeah, that, that the image and it's, you have to take great care with, with that from start to finish. So that's, yeah, that's a good, a good starting point. Okay. Um, yeah, you called uh, English or writing your, your first love. So did, was that started even then in childhood that you started to, to love writing or anything like yeah. that? 
Yeah. So I remember distinctly, you know, when I was younger, I would always write, you know, little poems, like a little post-it notes and I would like give them to my mom. I think they were like the greatest thing in the world. And she would like, you know, stick them on the fridge. And, um, you know, as I got older, I say older, but I was really probably like, you know, 10 or 12, I like started writing like, you know, short, short stories and like fantasy. And um, I just really kind of enjoyed writing and I kind of always have. And I remember when I was younger, I like kind of wanted to even back then combine my English and art. And I thought, you know, I'm going to be like a, like a comic book, like writer and like, you know, do my drawings and like the dialogue and stuff. Um, I remember making my own comic strips and um, I did not pursue that, that area. Um, I am not a comic book writer, but I do still write today. Um, I still kind of focus in, you know, short fiction, um, mainly because, you know, I feel like we're all busy nowadays. So I like to find little pockets of time where I can write. And, you know, short fiction is kind of a great, like, medium for for that, just because I can, you know, find little pockets to write. And I can also just end the story in kind of 20 pages or so. Um, I hope one day I'll be able to write a larger novel, but um, I'm really kind of enjoying, like, the short, short form at the moment. Yeah, that sounds great, too. I I, Yeah, I did want to ask a little bit about the the overlap or what you saw as the different connections between the the English side of things, even just in the academic sense and, and the studio art. So even when you were in college, did you, it sounds like these two things were really tied together as opposed to like two, kind of using two different parts of your brain. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely think my writing and my photography are kind of linked um, in a way. And um, I think, you know, this is kind of mainly due to one of my photography um, professors, um, Karina Skaversky. You know, I had the opportunity to actually work for her um, my junior and senior year. And so she actually did a lot um, of photography with text. Um, so I kind of saw firsthand kind of how these two forms can kind of join together and make a like coherent piece and a coherent work of art. And so that kind of just opened up my mind to kind of experiencing um, kind of different forms of art and like different mediums and actually kind of dabbling in mixed media too. You know, up until then I was kind of really just focusing on, you know, photography and like that's kind of it. But then I'm like, well, other mediums can come into play too. Um, so yeah, I kind of really got that inspiration, you know, from my time, you know, with, with Karina. Yeah, that's interesting as well, because, um, my, I'm an English professor, so my background is in more on the English side of things, and creatively, that's really what I, what I think of first when I was trying to do something creative, it would always be writing, um, and then not that really many other people saw it other than me at the time. But the the big push came from the combination of using text and images together. Mm-hmm. So that was really a big piece of inspiration that came along, I guess, in, in my life too. So that's that connection there is, I think, uh, an interesting one. I think it could go so many different directions. Right. And like, even when I, you know, think of an idea for like a future art project, you know, I always kind of like, you know, like write it down. Like I have, you know, journals with just scribbles of, you know, random ideas. So, you know, definitely kind of, 
you know, not only using text in art, but also just kind of using, you know, words to kind of describe what's in my head and, you know, putting that into like an artist statement so that the viewer can understand. I'm constantly thinking about text and how I can kind of use it to further like leverage my work. Yeah, exactly. And that's maybe one, one other thing I wanted to ask about, I could kind of skip to it a little bit is the, you mentioned the experimentation and I, I do want to get a little bit more in the general sense of, of how you uh, got intrigued by the experimental photography and different development techniques. Um, but just this specifically the, the chlorophyll prints, like how do you, I guess, how do you explain your interest in it? Or like, why, why was that something that became appealing out of, out of those experimental techniques? Yeah. So it's kind of a long and roundabout story, but you know, after, after college, you know, I, took a little bit of a hiatus from like, you know, making art for a little bit, you know, trying to get my bearings um, in the real world. But, um, you know, after a period of time, I really kind of wanted to do an art project and have it be, you know, experimental. And, you know, also during this time, I was like very reflective, thinking about, you know, where am I going, but also thinking about, you know, my past, like, you know, my childhood, like, how did I get here? Um, you know, all those thoughts kind of in my head. And it kind of made me think about memories. And, um, you know, I read a lot about the human mind and how our memories aren't as strong as we think they are. Um, and they're actually quite, quite delicate and are prone to actually, you know, we have frayed memories or memories that are completely made up, you know, un unbeknownst to us. And, you know, this idea is just absolutely fascinating. But and I want to do an art project on this, but I thought, well, I do photography and, you know, it's a medium seen as something as permanent. It's seen as also a form of documentation. So something as, you know, accurate. Um, and that's how I kind of came upon chlorophyll printing because it's a method of photography, I, I guess, you know, you kind of, you use a leaf, you know, as light sensitive paper, I guess, in a way. Um, but you know, it doesn't really last forever. It kind of fades over time, um, no matter what, just because you're using organic material. And I thought that was a really interesting way to kind of actually mimic the human mind. So I kind of got to do this experimental process and also use this kind of really cool, like organic material, which I was really uh, intrigued by. That is interesting. I, I really like the idea that it is connected to kind of a deeper meaning of uh, memory you mentioned and kind of how the mind works, how the leaf essentially becomes an external representation of the internal process where, like you said, memories can be frayed or combined together or uh, fade over time, all those kinds of things. Does the image actually fade over time or is like, how does, how does the, the actual leaf, how does that change over the at least since you've been doing it, uh, how does it change over that amount of time? Yeah, so I've actually been doing um, chlorophyll printing for about a year now. So prints that I've actually done last summer, if you know, if they're kept in an environment where they don't get um, direct sunlight, like you know, like artificial light from like a light bulb is okay, but um, if they actually get sunlight, you know, coming through a window, um, they do fade with time, but um, like I said, like I have prints from last summer and they've hung in, um, 
you know, galleries, you know, I, I always tell galleries, you know, hang them away from, you know, a window or like on a North facing wall and like, they'll, they'll be okay. And, um, you know, they, it has faded a little bit in terms of it's not as green as it once was, but the image, you can distinctly tell what it is. So it's really just about taking care of them um, and kind of making sure that they don't really get that sunlight. Um, I have seen other artists who do this process actually preserve them in um, resin, um, but you kind of lose like the leafy paper quality of them, which is what I, I really like. Um, but if you really want to preserve prints, you actually can preserve them in kind of like a block of resin. But then I kind of think it becomes more of like a sculpture in a way, which is, you know, another kind of like fascinating aspect of it. Do you find yourself like not wanting the, the picture to fade? Or is, is it something <laughs> like you embrace or is it something that in the back of your mind you're, you know, you, you want it to stay how you made it at first? I think my photographer brain is like, oh, like I, I want this, you know, to stay like I want, you know, exactly how it is. Um, but I think I've kind of learned to embrace that, you know, it will kind of change and alter over time. And, you know, that that is a, okay that that happens. And, um, you know, even if you kind of preserve these prints in a darker room, like, you know, over years, it will kind of fade eventually. But I've kind of learned to, you know, embrace it and um yeah like, I mean like I said like you know other artists kind of preserve them in, in resin but I don't know there's just something that you kind of lose about the chlorophyll print it doesn't feel like a leaf anymore it just kind of feels like you're holding a block of resin so I kind of like how you know this delicate leaf paper like quality so I kind of learned to embrace the delicateness of it right exactly that makes total sense I'm just thinking in you know in my own mind if I if I happen to do one of these chlorophyll prints, there's just that something that nagging like I want to make sure this like stays, and like you said, like over over long periods of time, you know. Yeah, and I um, will say I found that some leaves do work better than than others in terms of having the image stay. Like, I mean, like I said, I've only been doing this for a year, so the oldest prints that I have are maybe a year, a year and a half old. So, and I've seen that you know some leaves kind of do. Are, are tougher than, than others. So that's also kind of a part of the experimental process. Sure. Well, yeah, going back a little bit to the, I guess just the, the bigger picture of using some of these experimental techniques, I guess specifically in photography, but you can, you can think about it in any context that works for you. Um, like, yeah, what is it about that sense of experimentation that you find appealing? Um, I think I really like the experimental process because it's more of a, a challenge to me. I think it's kind of ironic because I'm a perfectionist at heart and I feel like with these exper experimental techniques, you probably won't ever reach true perfection, but I, I do like the challenge and um, kind of learning these new techniques that aren't really familiar with me because I feel like anything else I just get I just get kind of bored um you know I kind of like not knowing what's going to happen and I also you know I'm a creative and you know artistic you know individual but I also kind of have a scientific like methodical brain so I kind of like thinking of a hy hypothesis like if I do you know x I think the results will be y and then I like conducting that experiment and if I don't get the results I wanted, you know, I like to, you know, adjust, you know, certain things and kind of see how that plays out. So 
it's a very creative process, but also very kind of methodical and scientific, which I, I also really enjoy. Right. And the, the, the analysis process, and like, I, if you mentioned the, the problem solving idea that doing it once, trying to figure out how to make it better, I guess that gets maybe the word idealism, I guess, came to mind when you said uh, perfectionist. Yeah. And so maybe there's, there's kind of an ideal that you're working toward through the experimentations and the goal is to make those improvements, those maybe incremental next time is going to be better than this. And the next time after that. Yeah, Um, for sure. That was one of the things that was striking too, is that actually I had a, I had a quote and if you've looked at the website, I have a couple of quotes um, in general, and a couple of those quotes are from Henry David Thoreau, who I tend to go back to. And one of the things that I, I like about the word experimentation and some of the, the the context for it is it's a word he uses a lot in his book, Walden. He always refers to that experience as an experiment going into the woods for two years. So I just, I like it in the, in the context of it's not just like something extra or something that's maybe just tried lightly. It's something that is kind of meant to have a, maybe have more, more of a larger context in one's life, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so one of the questions I typically ask and part of our uh, publication shows visual art as well as literary art. So I like to ask kind of the opposite for, for visual artists. I usually ask like, do you have favorite writers or, or inspirational writers that you go back to? And for writers, I kind of ask the opposite question, visual artists. Um, you have a little bit of both. So I guess you can take it whichever way you want. Do you have a, a favorite in the uh, visual or uh, in the literary art field? Any, anything from classics, contemporaries, really anything goes? Oh gosh, I have so many writers in mind. I've, I've been taking um, a lot of um, master classes. So, um, you know, the mainly the online like writing ones. And um, so Margaret Atwood um, has a class on there. So I've been really inspired by her and also Joyce Carol Oates. Um, I've been reading a lot of them recently. Um, I've been reading a lot recently kind of since this whole, um, you know, this whole year has happened. I've kind of just delved into reading a lot more. So yeah, I, I love them. Um, I also love uh, Emily Bronte. Although I will, I will admit, um, as an English major, sometimes I do have to go on Sparknotes and read a summary of her chapters in order to fully understand what she is saying. But I do, I do really enjoy Emily Bronte. And um, I also love um, C.S. Lewis because he's, you know, I read those books in my, in my childhood. So I, I constantly go back to go back to C.S. Lewis and all of his work just to kind of get into that fantasy world. And I recently stumbled upon, um, Hemingway's short stories. So I've been reading, reading a lot of him as well. Sure. Margaret Atwood, somebody I I kind of feel like I came across once or twice in terms of reading and, and didn't really make my way back to her. Um, Oryx and Crake was the one that I feel like it's, maybe she wrote some either extensions off of that book. I don't know if they're if they're uh, directly in a like a series type of a 
type of a concept, but that was one that was at least memorable to me uh, from Margaret Atwood. Did you read that one, Oryx and Crake? No, that, that's on my list though. I have like a long list of books that I've been meaning to read, but I have read um, The Handmaid's Tale and then her new book going off of that, I believe it's called The, the Testaments. And then um, Alias Grace, I read hers as well, which I really enjoyed. And Blind Assassin is probably my favorite book by her. Um, I read that this past summer and yeah, I, I loved it. It was amazing. Okay, nice. Good, good recommendations there. Yeah. And then, of course, yeah, Hemingway, the, the In Our Time collection was something I've gone back to a couple of times as far as short stories. So mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's uh, I guess that would be considered one of, the, one of those classics. Yeah. Do you have any current projects you're working on? Anything you're excited about in, in the middle of at the moment? Um, I'm, you know, I'm just kind of wrapping up um, my chlorophyll printing. Unfortunately, this process is seasonal because you need, um, you know, strong UV uh, rays to develop your prints. So trying to make some some last minute prints there. But um, I've already kind of noticing that the sun isn't as strong as it was a couple of weeks ago. So hopefully I'll be able to get a few more out this week. But um, I am in the process of uploading my last few chlorophyll prints onto my website. And that's at um, carolinerussellphotography.com slash ephemeral. Um, that's the name of the project. So yeah, just trying to wrap those up. And then I have some fun uh, ideas in mind for my uh, winter project and they definitely will be um, experimental. So definitely be on the lookout for that. And um, you can see, you know, all of my work uh, on Instagram as well, which is at Caroline Russell Art. So that's kind of where to get the uh, the artwork kind of, I post that kind of quicker. And then at the end of my projects, I kind of post them on my, on my website. So those are two places you can find my work. Excellent. Sounds good. I'll, I'll uh, mention the website and the Instagram up front as well, uh, just so people can connect with you uh, if they like what they see in the issue. And that about wraps up the, the big questions I I had written down for you. Thanks again for this, you know, opportunity. You know, this is, this is great. Um, I really enjoyed speaking with you and I'm excited for the, for the issue to, to come out. So yeah, just thank you so much for taking the time and, and, and speaking with me. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. I was, uh, I'll probably mention at the beginning too, this is our, uh, our first entry into the audio interview format. So um, we can maybe uh, use the experimentation word again for uh, for making the leap from doing more of the text-based interviews, which were in the previous issues, to audio format and playing around with some uh, the audio recording software and editing and and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, um, we'll see how it turns out as we speak. I guess <laughs> I don't know exactly how the end result's going to be. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it was great talking to you. And uh, for now, we'll say uh, we'll wait till the issue comes out, which will be uh, the beginning of November. That'll be the uh, issue number five. So I'll contact you again when the issue is released. All right, sounds good. And if you have any questions or anything, you know, feel free to email me or, or anything like that. But th thank you again for your time. Yeah, perfect. Thanks.